Well, good evening, friends. Thank you for being out tonight. Grab your hymn books. Let's stand together. Let's all worship the Lord together on this Wednesday night. Brother Ken will come lead us as we stand this evening. Brother Ken. Page 41 in your songbook, blue songbook tonight. In the, not 41, but 46, I'm sorry. Page 46. We're going to do 41 at handshake time. 46, my Savior, first of all, we'll sing the first, second, last verse. Page number 46. Most of you know Fanny Crosby, blinded as an infant by medicine that was administered inappropriately, asked multiple times throughout her life uh, if she was angry and upset because of the fact she'd been rendered blind, and her words are powerful today. She said, how can I be upset when the first person I'll ever see will be my Savior? Amen. Let's sing the last verse again and keep that in mind while you sing, I shall know him. By the print of the nail in his hand. Sing it, buddy. Through the gates to the city in a robe of spotless white, He will lead me where no tears will ever fall. In the glad song of ages I shall mingle with delight, But I long to meet my Savior first of all. I shall Of the nails in 
Brother Ken. Let's do our prayer request tonight, outspoken request that you want to make known publicly. We'll start out with, and then, of course, as always, we'll do any unspoken requests. But let's start over on my left tonight. want to share an outspoken request uh, this evening. Anyone on my left? Brother Woody? Absolutely, absolutely. Brother Rufus, yes, sir? Certainly, certainly. Any other outspoken requests? Josh? All right. Absolutely. Britta and Carlton, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Yes, ma'am? Absolutely. And speaking uh, of our shut-ins, let me give you uh, one quick update. Not a shut-in, but I told him we should mention him in prayer. Pray for C.W. Norma. Uh, both of them have battled pneumonia and a host of other medical issues, and he's got some tests he's got to run on Friday. Uh, uh, so pray for C.W. Others on my left tonight. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Christy. Absolutely. Thank you, Christy. Appreciate that. Somebody else on my left tonight. Outspoken request. Yes, sir, Brother David. When, brother? Tomorrow. Okay, absolutely. Pray for Brother David. Appreciate that. Somebody else tonight uh, have an outspoken request on my left this evening. Anyone else on my left? All right, in the middle tonight. Thank you, sir. In the middle tonight, outspoken request. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Absolutely. Where is he? Brenners, thank you. Thank you. Somebody else in the middle tonight? Yes, sir. You bet. You bet. For the bigs. Yep. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, sir. Amen, Keith. Thank you, buddy. Somebody else in the middle tonight? Yes, sir. Chester Wayne. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Anybody else in the middle tonight? Thank you for all of these. On my right, want to share. Son? Yep, and they've extended it a third week. It was originally scheduled for two, and they've extended it a third. Uh, had some 300 folks saved in the last couple of weeks, so praise the Lord. Amen. I'm glad we've got a small part in it financially. God will bless us for that. Somebody else on the right. Yes, ma'am. Miss Irma.
Yeah, and in fact, that's the one we got about uh, that they, they, they had told us that I think was stage three lung cancer that they discovered, Maxine. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Anybody else on my right tonight? We'll go front to back. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you so much. Others on my right tonight. Brother Scott? Amen. Amen. His daughter's getting married, for those of you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Amen, Miss Nadine. Anybody else on my right? Thank you so much for all of these. Let's pray together this evening. Lord, we come to you tonight uh, humbled and honored that we can bear one another's burdens as you've commanded us in your word. Lord, we're thankful for the good reports that we've heard where you've answered prayer. And Lord, we're so glad that we have a prayer answering God and a place where we can take our prayers. Lord, we don't take for granted the opportunity that you give us to not only share and bear, but lay our burdens down uh, in front of your throne room. I pray your blessings upon our Bible study time tonight. Lord, I feel like the topic we're looking at tonight it's just so important for all of us, so I pray that you would uh, illuminate it tonight. Bless us as we study the Word. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Brother Ken, let's have a fellowship song. Page 41 this time. Page 41 in the sweet by and by. We'll do the first verse and course. Have a time of fellowship. Page number 41 tonight. There's a land that is fairer than day. My faith we can see it afar for the father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and
ladies, a couple of quick announcements tonight. Uh, just some reminders. This Sunday, graduation Sunday, always first Sunday in June, we set aside to honor high school, college graduates, and we've got several this year uh, that we're going to be honoring. Uh, so we look forward to that this coming Sunday. Sunday week, Sunday the 10th, having a baptism during the morning service. So if you've never followed the Lord, uh, we'd sure love to do that on Sunday. And then, uh, of course, coming up with our golf tournament, uh, please help us out with that, parents, and uh, help us secure some whole sponsors in preparation for our teen conference. And, ladies, if you haven't signed up for the Women's Mountain Retreat and you're planning on going this year, uh, we need you to sign up on that. And, finally, our quarters for Operation Christmas Trial. Thank you for those that have already uh, started uh, turning those in. Uh, we appreciate your help in that. Uh, and that will help pay for a box and a half every quarter uh, that you or every container that you fill uh, will help out in that capacity. I want you to turn tonight to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Fellas, come uh, come on down this evening if you would. I can tell my son is a real preacher. I said, fellas, I said, turn in your Bibles tonight. And his head popped up and he went, offering. If you haven't worshipped the Lord with tithes and offerings, uh, you do that now. Lord bless the offering tonight. May it be what you'd have it to be in Christ's name. Amen. ladies, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We will look at several other verses tonight. Most of them will be in 2 Corinthians. On Wednesday nights, we have been looking, uh, we've been doing a series of messages actually from the book of Jude entitled Contending for the Faith. We're going to take a bit of a pause on that for a couple of weeks uh, as we look at what I think is one of the most important issues facing believers today. This whole idea of contending for the faith has really been a theme of our services for a couple of months now. Uh, but what I want to look at tonight is something that uh, every believer faces, every one of us at times deals with, and it's this idea of not losing heart. How do we stay excited? How do we stay, and I don't know any other term to use it, but this pumped up for Christ. How do we stay on the firing line? How do we stay engaged? Uh, uh, I think all of us, if we're honest, would be uh, remiss if we did not say there are times when discouragement knocks on our spiritual doors. 
There are times when we are on the absolute mountaintop, a zenith, if you will, of encouragement. Maybe we've been in great services. Maybe we've seen God do a miraculous thing, and it's really put us on a spiritual mountaintop. But if there is a top, there's also a bottom. And there are times for every believer where we walk through valleys of spiritual defeat, where our lives don't seem to be going the pathway we thought they would, or where we just simply get discouraged in our walk with Christ. I want to say to you tonight, that is true of every single believer. Listen now to what I'm about to say. Just because you get discouraged doesn't mean you have to stay discouraged. There's no sin, shame, or sorrow in going through times of discouragement. But if we don't have a plan to get out of it, listen to what I'm saying. Spiritual discouragement can soon become spiritual depression. And that's when it gets dangerous. Our communities are littered with people who used to be engaged in God's work who used to go to church, who used to be engaged with the Lord, who used to be faithful to God. And I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be a used to be. I don't ever want to be someone whose walk with God is talked about in the past tense. So how do we fight it? How do we deal with it? It is something that Paul faced. And can I pause a moment and say, if the greatest preacher, perhaps even the greatest Christian who ever lived faced it, how much more are we also going to face it? Look with me, if you would, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll start in verse 16, and we'll read 16, 17, and 18. Paul writes, For which cause we faint not. Let me pause a moment and just say that phrase, faint not, does not mean pass out. That phrase for which we faint not means literally for which we don't lose heart, for which we don't give up. So when he says for which cause we faint not, he's literally saying it's because of this that we don't quit. But, through the, but though our outward man perish. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. The word temporal means what, church? Temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. It is that first phrase in verse 16 that I want to pull out the message. But we'll look at all three verses and a few others. It is that first clause where he says, for which cause we faint not. Paul is almost like he's saying, I know the secret to not losing heart. I know the secret to not always being discouraged. Or I know the secret to when you find those times of discouragement, how it is that you work your way out of it. And I'll again start tonight by saying, This is something that every Christian will face. You've heard me say this enough, but I'm going to say it again. 
the more excited you get for God, the larger the bullseye becomes. The more of a mountaintop experience that you're on, the more the enemy wants to knock you off of it. He knows he can't have your soul, so he wants to rob you of the joy of your salvation. Three things tonight. Number one, Paul makes what is by all definitions an incredible statement. He makes an incredible statement. When he says in verse 16, for which cause or because of this, we faint not, he's referring to that failing of the heart, if you will. Not a physical failing, but a spiritual failing. So it, it almost reads like this. Because of this, you don't have to lose heart in your walk with Christ. Would you amen me also when I say this tonight? It is easy to lose heart. It is easy to let circumstances, trials, situations, uh, even other people uh, cause us to throw in the spiritual towel, to lay down and just quit. May I remind you tonight that the author of this, physically, humanly speaking, is Paul. And Paul's life was anything but easy. Paul's life, by all accounts, was one challenge after another. Flip back a few pages, if you would, to chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians. Chapter 1, look at verse number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 8. Paul says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Can I paraphrase that? Paul says to the Corinthian church, I want you to know that things got real bad while we were in Asia to the point where we thought we might die. Look at chapter 11, please. Same book, chapter 11. Paul gives some more details of this experience, beginning in verse 23. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. He says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. That word there means uneducated or ignorant or I don't know. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death oft. Did you catch that? He says, I've been beaten. I've been thrown in jail repeatedly. I thought my life was going to be taken from me often. Next verse, of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. What's 40 minus one, church? 39. 39 stripes was the common punishment of a slave who rebelled. So Paul is saying, five times I've been beaten 39 times. You can do the math. That meant Paul's been beaten with a cat of nine tails, uh, almost 175 lashes. Goes on to say, 
Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils my my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils by the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, fastings often in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. But notice verse 29. Who is a weak, and I'm not weak. Who is offended, and I burn not. Would you amen me on this simple statement? If there was somebody who had a right to get discouraged, it was Paul. Paul went through the ringer repeatedly for the cause of Christ. When Paul went to a new city. He didn't check out the Holiday Inn. He checked out the jail cell because he knew that's where he'd often end up. Paul's life was anything but easy. And he's the one that says, I think I've got the secret sauce. I think I figured out how to stay encouraged. Even though I'm going through all of this, I think I figured out how to stay engaged. Is there anybody in here tonight that would echo this statement. Getting discouraged is an easy thing to do. I've heard a few preachers in my 20 years of preaching, 20 plus years of preaching, say crazy things like, I've never get discouraged. I never want to give up. I'm always excited. I'm not one of them folks. I'm an honest person. And if we're honest, there are times for everybody when we say, I've had enough. No one in here can say that they've not walked in those shoes. In fact, most of us are like David. when He wrote in Psalm 55, verse, verse 6, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. Then I would fly away and be at rest. Renee and I were joking with Brother Ken and Miss Susan this weekend, uh, we'd gone out to lunch and we were that we got to talking about service animals. We had a service animal uh, that graduated on walked across the stage at Patrick Henry, and then we got to talking about emotional support animals. And our two pastors' wives have decided that they need an emotional support animal to bring to church. I told them I'd buy them both a python. Amen. The reality is, we all admit at times that discouragement knocks on our door. There are times when we don't answer it. Then there are other times where we open it and we invite them in to sit right down and take up residence. Paul makes an incredible statement. He goes on from this statement to talk about a very familiar struggle. See, he's going to, before he tells us, how to get out of it, how to work our way through it. He's going to tell us what causes it. He's going to tell us the reasons why we end up in this state. I hope you'll amen this. You can't battle it if you don't know what it is. You can't address it if you don't know what's causing it. So go back to our text tonight. 
2 Corinthians 4. And look, if you would, at verse 16, the second clause. He says at the beginning, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. Our outward man perish. You want to know why we get discouraged? Because we live in a fleshly body. You want to know why we battle spiritual discouragement, spiritual depression? Because this outward man, which refers to the fleshly part of us uh, and that mental part of us uh, that encompasses us, is aging every day. It is being beat up by sin. It's being beat up by Satan. And in fact, that word perish literally means to rot, to ruin, or be destroyed. So here's the simple rub of it, church. The reason we are prone to discouragement, the reason we are prone to losing heart is because our outward man is being ruined every single day. This, this, you, you may be sitting there going, wait a minute, preacher, I'm saved. I've been saved for 20, 30, 40 years. Your flesh is not saved, church. Your flesh never gets saved. That's why your flesh cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's why God says in Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians 15, you've got to get an incorruptible and immortal that puts on immortality. This mortal body cannot enter into paradise, cannot enter into heaven. This outward man is perishing, being destroyed every single day. So the destruction is real. And it comes tonight, listen carefully, from two sources. Got to get this. this. This outward destruction comes from two sources. Number one, it's because we possess a fallen nature. You need to know this. We possess a fallen nature. Paul plainly states in Romans that the whole natural world is under the curse of God because of sin. This entire world is under God's curse of futility, of pain, of suffering, of death because of sin. So what does that mean? Listen now. We're gonna, I'm going to depress you before I encourage you. Here's the rough part. Barring the rapture, we're going to die. Barring the rapture, we might die of old age. We might slip out of here tonight. Barring the rapture, we might have a heart attack. We might experience the death of a child. We might experience the death of the parent. We might get cancer. We might get Alzheimer's. We might be in a car wreck. We might get struck by lightning. You say, preacher, that's awful. That's the tip of the iceberg. There are an umpteen thousand ways other than that we might perish. Why? Because of this outward man and this fallen nature. The outward man is always, every day, perishing. It's getting worse and worse and worse spiritually but not only the fallen nature but fallen man this is where the rubber hits the road folks not only do we possess a fallen nature and that causes us to get discouraged but we have to interact with fallen men and women and interacting with fallen men and women i.e. sinners will cause any of us uh, to lose heart. If there's, 
if there's one thing that will discourage the best Christian, it's another Christian. <laughs> if there's one thing that'll, that'll get to all of us, it is the rest of us. Most of us understand that it's not the unsaved world that discourages the, the believer. It's other saved people that discourage believers. What do I mean by that? The foolishness of men caused them to do some stupid, stupid things. Some of them intentionally, some of them unintentionally. The foolishness of man will cause someone to get drunk Get behind the wheel of a car, and tragedy happens. Fallen nature loses causes. Oh, this is political, but I'm going to say it. The fallen nature causes people to strap bombs to themselves and blow up innocent people. Fallen people also will let us down. Fallen people will hurt our feelings. Fallen people won't always do the right thing. They won't always say the right thing. And by the way, we're in that mix, folks. We're part of the fallen people who don't always do the right thing, don't always say the right thing. You don't have to turn to it. Let me read it. This is Paul's experience. You're there. Look at verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 4. This was Paul's experience. He says, we are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. I wish I could tell you I was always like Paul. Amen. I wish I could tell you that there were times um, that I had seen trouble on every side, but it didn't bother me. I'm not that good a Christian. Don't look at me cross-eyed. Most of y'all ain't either. I wish I could tell you that, that, that I didn't understand stuff and it didn't bother me. It irritates the absolute snot out of me when I can't figure something out. The next verse. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. So let me summarize that long passage by saying this. In our own experience, it's going to be easy to get discouraged when people let you down. But listen to what I'm about to say. You don't have to stay defeated. You don't have to become a used to be. Listen to it carefully. You cannot control when others discourage you but you can control how you react to it. Often, oh, please, amen me. Oftentimes, discouragement is a choice. Oftentimes, we almost glorify in our discouragement. We don't have to be somebody who has talked about in the past tense regarding their work with God. We don't have to be somebody who used to be faithful. So there's a statement. There's a struggle. We all get it. We all understand it. But then there is this secret. We know what it is, discouragement. We know what causes it, the outward man, fallen nature, other people. But how do we get out of it? How do we work through it? Before we even get into Paul's answer in verse 17, let me give you the prerequisite for it. you got to want to. 
you got to want to not stay there. You ever meet people who are only happy if they're miserable? Amen. Who are only happy if they're miserable, and they delight in making others miserable around them. That ain't God's way, folks. I'm just going to tell you, that ain't how God's economy works. So how does it happen? What do we do? Verses 17 and 18 give us the answer. He says, and I'm going to start very gingerly on this clause. He says, for our light affliction. Our light affliction. Wow. <laughs> our light affliction. When you're going through these times, do they seem light when you're going through these disappointments, uh, these struggles, uh, these times of discouragement, do they seem light? No. Well, here's what you've got to understand. If the outward man is perishing, we've got to make a choice that the inner man is being renewed. Because if the outward man is perishing, and we know he is, she is, and the inward person is not being renewed, that's a recipe for disaster. You got external destruction and you got internal destruction. That's destruction. The only way to work through this is to understand that there is an inner man that's got to be renewed. Verse 16 says it and the last clause there. Though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man is renewed day by day. We love to sing the song, there's a fountain filled with blood. Kyla says it's the best lyric that's ever been written in the English language, that lyric. But may I submit to you tonight that though we have a fountain, most folks only show up for an occasional sip. <laughs> you see, the car of our life, listen, the car of our life was not meant to run on last month's gas. Our spiritual cars are not meant to run on yesterday's gas. Or to put it in the language that I like, our spiritual metabolism is not meant to be fed on last week's meal. Most of you all will relate to this. If you had a fantastic meal three weeks ago, you are probably not going to fast for three weeks until you get another fantastic meal. you got to eat every day. Amen. you got to have something every single day. And yes, you might have another fantastic meal in two or three weeks. But in the meantime, you got to have a bowl of cereal. Amen. Or some jelly bread or something. Amen. you got to have something for your daily sustenance. You cannot live on the super-duper that happens every once in a while. Amen. There are so many believers today who, who cannot function unless they're up here. The moment that that scale tips and they start here, they just spiral out of control until they can get right back up here. It's not the way the Christian life operates, folks. There's that necessity of being fed every single day. And let's be honest, our spiritual buckets leak. Amen. What we 
brought up from the well yesterday may not suffice for the trials you're about to face today. You, you need to draw up. We need to draw up from the well today because what we're going to face tomorrow is not going to be sufficient for what you had last week. So think about it. Our outward bodies are perishing. and The only antidote, the only way through it, is to renew the inward man. So again, number one, here's the secret. Number one. You gotta focus on inward renewal every single day. Would you amen me today that our lives are so doggone busy that we barely have time for anything? It seems like every new technological breakthrough that's meant to make things easier just means we have more to do. Amen. I mean, think about the your life today compared to 15, 20 years ago as an adult. You are probably so much busier now than what you were then. So here's what I'm about to say. Please get me. Renewing the inward man won't happen by accident. You got to be deliberate about it. You 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 got to make it happen. And there are lots of ways to make it happen. My goodness, I'm not telling you you got to commit seven chapters to memory every day. But I am telling you you got to do something every day. You got to dig into that well every day. My goodness, with the technology, I have to. T- I got seven devotion apps on my my iPhone, seven apps. But if I don't make myself do them, there'll be thirty thousand other things that take up my time. If I don't say stop, take a few minutes uh, because I'm about to snap somebody's head into. Amen. Let's just get along with God for just a moment before the something comes out that can't be sucked back in. Amen. I don't know where I was going, but it felt good. <laughs> if I don't force myself to make time, I don't take time. Amen. Number two, quickly, go to verse 17. He says, for our light affliction which is but for a moment i gotta tell you when you're going through those afflictions that's a hard pill to swallow <laughs> let's be honest when you're going through those you don't want nobody coming up to you and say oh this is just light you'll get through it this ain't no big deal it's gonna be okay we don't want that we want somebody to wallow with us amen if i'm miserable Don't tell me I'm going to be okay. Tell me that you're going to be miserable right with me. Amen. That's the way I like it. In fact, when I I have to tell you this, i got a thousand stories, but uh, when I had my foot surgery, uh, Kyla was so kind to text me to see how I was doing, and I said, Kyla, I'm miserable. I hate it. I can't stand this. I want to get up and do something. And she texted me back. She said, darling, I've had two hip replacements two knee replacements, three foot surgeries, and you know what I find that makes me get through all of it? I said, what? Tell me, tell me. She said, I just whine, whine, whine. When we, when we, and then write down a song about how good Jesus is. When we get there, we tend to wallow. Let's be honest. And we don't want anybody telling us how light it is. But here's what I want you to get. 
First Corinthians, excuse me, Second Corinthians 1 8. Paul says this, you don't have to turn. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble. You've already read it. We were pressed out measure above strength in so much that we despaired even of our life. That doesn't sound like it's a light thing. When Paul's talking about nearly dying, when he's talking about all the things he was went through, that doesn't seem light, but here's what it really means. It's just weighty for the moment. Verse 17, which is but for a moment. What Paul is saying is this. It's all about perspective. What seems, listen now, what seems overwhelming now when you get to the other side and God brings you through it, it's not going to feel anywhere near as weighty as it was then. Amen. That's because we serve a good God, y'all. What we're facing now, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a little piece of Gregology wisdom. When you are trying to help somebody, don't try to minimize what they're going through. Don't, don't, don't try to belittle or minimize what they're going through because all that does is make them spot mad at you. But understand for all of us that there is an other side. And when we get to that other side, we're going to look back at that and say, why was I so toe up? God was bringing me through that all along. Here's number three, and I'm done. Number one, renew the inward man. Got to do it. Be intentional about it. Be deliberate about it. Number two, realize it's not forever. It's way, it feels weighty now. But it's, 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 Paul calls it as light for the moment. But number three, again, looking at verse 17, he says in the last clause, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's a mouthful. But here's what Paul says. What you're facing right now, there's a reason for it. I don't know about you, but I like that. The idea that it's all random and that there's no rhyme or reason, I couldn't, I couldn't operate that way. I couldn't operate if I thought that God did not have all of this in control. It would take a whole lot more faith on my part to believe that this all is happenstance than it does for me to believe that God's got it. But here's what we got to get, folks. Whatever we're going through, Whatever storm we're walking through, whatever valley we're going through, whatever, whatever situation we're facing, God's got a reason for it. And it's for our good and His glory. There's a lot of you in here, and I count myself chief among them, that have been in situations in your life where you thought, I don't get this. I, I, I can't understand this. This is not right. By the way, I've told my Sunday school class this a thousand times. I grew up all of my life being told by preachers that it was a sin to question God. Uh, how many of you heard that? Most, most of you raised your hand. Jesus on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's a question, amen? There's no sin in questioning God. The sin comes in where you say, God, I don't deserve this. This ain't right. This ain't fair. That's a sin. But when you say, God, I can't figure this out. Why is this happening? Help me get through this. Help me understand this. That's not a sin. But when you do get through it and you look back on it, how many of you can also say, it's then you can see that's what God was doing. That's what God 
was doing. I'm done. When we get to those little times of despair, those times of discouragement, it's like picking up a puzzle box, folks, ripping it open, 500 pieces, ripping it open, reaching in the middle, pulling one out, and saying, now where does this fit? Think about that. 500 pieces, 1,000 pieces, 20,000 pieces. You reach in, you grab one puzzle piece, you look at it, it's got strange edges. It's not pretty. There's something on the front of it, but you can't tell none of it. It doesn't make sense. And somehow you're saying, where does this? You can't figure that out. But when you're working and you're laboring and you're putting the pieces together and this little piece gets in place and this little corner gets done, And then the picture begins to take shape and you see all of a sudden, wait a minute, there's a missing piece right here and it seems to fit that one I had. Well, would you look at there? That's where that goes. That's what God was doing. So here's the secret, Paul says. Number one, renew the inward man every day. Every day, church, every day. Preaching to myself, renew the inward man every day. Number two, understand that what feels weighty now, when you get through it, will feel so much lighter. Number three, know that whatever you're facing, God's doing it for you, for your good, and his glory. Let's stand to our feet. Boy, thank you for your attention tonight. Everybody's battle, every believer's battle. Ladies, just play a number for us this evening. I'm going to ask you a simple question tonight. It's going to take some brave folks to be honest, but if you're here tonight and you want to say, Preacher, needed that, been facing some discouragement myself. I'm going to be honest, I'll be the first one to hit this altar. Just join me. Just come on, make your way tonight. Let's just come on. For those that would just be honest and say, been facing a few battles Easy to get discouraged. Easy to want to throw in the spiritual towel. Easy to want to step back and say, don't get this, don't understand this, don't make sense to me. I'm going to pray, and I encourage you to pray with us right where you are. Lord, thank you for these three verses of Paul in 2 Corinthians. Lord, they resonated with me this week. They They stood out to me in in ways that seemingly like I was reading them the first time. Lord, discouragement is every believer's battle. As much as temptation is. And for many of us, Lord, discouragement's an even greater than physical temptation. Lord, I'm glad tonight you didn't leave us without an answer. You didn't leave us in a situation where we don't know what to do. You gave us the answer. You gave us the steps. You told us what we need to do. You told us we got to focus on the inward man. We know this outward man's dying every day. But Lord, it is that inward man that has to be renewed every single day. Lord, you told us not to get caught up in the weight of our own situations. Lord, you told us that you're going to teach us something through all of it. 
Lord, I pray that you'd help us, every, every person, sound of the voice this evening, when they face the next round of discouragement, because there'll be another one. There'll be some more. Discouragement never quits knocking. Lord, I'm, I'm asking you that you would remind every one of us these simple, simple steps that we need to take to keep, 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 keeping on. Lord, the enemy can't have our soul, so he wants our joy. So help us, Lord, to not let him have it. To, 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 to make a decision to be engaged and encouraged for the things of God. Lord, we love you. We sure thank you for loving us. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here tonight. Fellowship with each other. May God bless you.